Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Isaiah 53. Now I'm going to take this year, each month we do a communion service, and if I happen to be doing a crusade or a meeting somewhere and our third week falls upon a... um, time in which I'm not here, then I'm going to instruct whoever is conducting the service and ministering that night to minister on the subject of divine health and healing. I believe it's something that uh, uh, we need in the body of Christ to be taught on on a continual basis along with faith. Because if you don't, you say, well, I don't really have a need of it right now. You will one day or you'll have a loved one that'll have a need of it. Amen. And I'll tell you that uh, uh, God wants his church healed as much as he wants it prosperous, as much as he wants it delivered from sin and iniquity. And we ought to understand that and realize that. And the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And I'm believing God. This is where my faith is. I'm believing God that if you're here tonight and and say you've dealt with something over a long period of time, I know people sometimes arthritis sets into their body and, and over a long period of time. I know diabetes sometimes is something that uh, individuals have to deal with over a long period of time. Uh, there are other uh, maladies and diseases. Well, I got good news. It's all of the devil and Jesus has made a way for every person to be healed from it. Amen. We've got testimonies here in, the, here in the church of people that have been healed of arthritis, people that have been healed of diabetes. I don't care what the disease may be, what you may be suffering with. Jesus is the healer. Now, Isaiah 53, let's begin there. And we're going to, what I like to call, we're going to carry this scripture through the Bible. We're going to stop at two other locations, one in Matthew and one in 1 Peter, if you want to get ready to turn there in just a few moments. Simple scripture, scripture, scriptures that we know. But the very fact that we can carry it through the Gospels, I mean, excuse me, excuse me, through the Scriptures, follow it through the Scriptures, gives an emphasis on the desire of God through the Lord Jesus Christ for us to be healed. Now, let me say this, and don't, don't get mad or offended or upset, but now, one time I was trying to help somebody who was really suffering with a disease, and I, I gave him a, a book by E.W. Kenyon, Christ the Healer. And they read the book, and they gave it back to me, and they were mad. And I, you know, I mean, they were just all upset. And I said, well, you know, what's the issue? And they said, well, you know, he said in his first chapter that the reason I'm sick is because of sin. Well, that's the reason you're sick. Not that you're out sinning, but it is the sin that came in through the fall of man that has caused sickness and disease to be in the human race. The human race was not created uh, to habitate sickness and disease. God did not say, well, I'm going to make my man, make my woman, and I'm going to fix it up so they can have cancer and they can have, you know, they can have blood diseases and they can have arthritis and they can have, uh, you know, all these types of disease. He didn't do that. When man fell, when man fell, sin entered in and brought his wicked cousin sickness with him. Amen. But the good news is Jesus dealt with a sin problem. And he also dealt with a sickness problem. Now, my, in my life, I first experienced healing. And I, I mean the healing power of God in two areas of my life. And I'm telling you, this was when I was a little boy. I, wasn't, I was probably uh, uh, eight years old the first time, ten years old the second time. And uh, two things that I suffered with perpetually on a continual basis. The first one was nosebleeds. I mean, I used to have a nosebleed every day. 
I mean, it's like every day my nose would bleed. And I remember uh, mom and dad taking me up uh, to Brother Goodwin. And Brother Goodwin laying hands on me, and I hadn't had a nosebleed since then unless I had a reason to. <laughs> Let me know what that means. Amen. And then in the fall of the year and into the winter of the year, this is when I was a little older, I would get chap lips so bad, you couldn't, you couldn't put enough chapstick on it, you couldn't do nothing, to, and it would crack and bleed, and I'll tell you, it was horrible. And I went, I'll never, I'll never forget going up. Brother Goodwin stood up on the platform kind of like this and reached over, kind of bent over, put his hand on my head, prayed, on, prayed over me, and I never had problems with that again. So I experienced healing early as, as a young child. Then in our ministry, I mean literally right off the bat, uh, when we first begin to minister, first begin to preach, I, even, even just giving our testimony out in full gospel businessmen meetings, we begin to see God's healing power in manifestation. We begin to see people healed. Uh, Lee and I both have ministered to people for years in the area of their backs. We've seen a lot of people. It just seems to be uh, how God has used us is in healing uh, of people's structural uh, skeletal structural muscles, uh, different things like that. And we've seen some phenomenal things. Everything from people that were horribly injured to people that had birth defects. We had one young man. Remember that young man that was a drummer at, uh, at Christ is Life in Horton? And the Holy Ghost bent him over backward. Like he'd had 21 surgeries in his back. And the Spirit of God touched him and healed him, totally healed him of that. Not only that, now one area of healing that I have not really been obedient to God, and I've had to confess this, but I am uh, uh, being more obedient in the days ahead. I was in a meeting with a, a man named Dr. Ed Dufresne. Anybody ever heard of Dr. Dufresne? Well, Dr. Dufresne, uh, in a meeting I was in with him, uh, uh, laid hands on me and gave me a prophetic word and said, Rusty, from this day forward, God is going to use you to help bring healing to people with blood diseases. Well, I had forgotten about that. I'd for, literally forgotten about it to a, a couple of months ago, and God reminded me of that and said, you have not been faithful to help bring healing to people with blood diseases, so this is another reason why I'm going to teach on this, because there's all kinds of blood diseases out there that, that, that cause people all kinds of problems, but I've got good news, Jesus is the healer of blood diseases. And, of course, we've seen other things that God has done. We've seen people healed of cancer. We've seen tumors that have disappeared. We've seen all kinds of uh, things. Uh, Lee and I is also, the Lord has used us mightily in praying over people that couldn't have children. And we've seen that, that happen for years, in which people were told by doctors that they could not have children. We'd minister to them. Next thing you know, they'd bring us a, a nice, pretty little baby in here. We had one right after the storm. Uh, 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 a couple came, actually, I believe they were on staff at Jeff Hackelman's church in uh, uh, Faith Family or Family Faith. I get them mixed up. We, we used to go to one called Faith Family, used to go to another one called Family Faith, and we'd get them mixed up. But anyway, uh, they went to their pastor and said, you know, we've uh, been married a few years now. We desire to have children, and we want you to minister to us, pray for us. Believe. And he said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to send you down to Galveston to Pastor Rusty. And they literally came up after a service. And Lee and I laid hands on them, prayed for them. About 12 months later, they were sitting in the back, and I could see them back there with this little bundle. Amen. And God blessed them with a beautiful child. Well, the good news is God cares about his children. He cares about his people. And he not only wants us healed, but he wants us walking in divine health. So if you're here tonight and you're fighting some type of sickness, some type of disease, or if you're just here and you're healthy as a horse. Amen. Y'all know my horse story, don't you? The guy said his horse got sick. Somebody said, you need to shoot him. And so he went out and shot it. Three days later, he ran to the guy again. He said, how many times do I have to shoot this horse before it gets well? 
Amen. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Now, we're in Isaiah 53. Let me quote. Uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 4 says, My son or daughter, attend unto my word, incline thine ear unto my saying. Let it not depart from thine eyes, keep it in the midst of thy heart. For it is life unto those that find it, and health. Everybody say health. And health to all their flesh. So we literally can, can just take a, a page out of E.W. Kenyon's book, F.F. Uh, F. Bosworth's book, Brother Kenneth Hagin's book, everybody else that's ever wrote on the subject of divine healing have always made this statement. God's Word is medicine to the physical body. God's Word is medicine to the physical body. Let me say it one more time. God's Word is medicine to the physical body. And the more you can partake of God's Word into your spirit man, the more it's going to affect your physical body. Now, Isaiah 53, let's begin just, just for the sake of time tonight. Verse 5, but he, the he there is Jesus, but now Isaiah didn't know that. Isaiah's a prophet. Now think about this. He's looking down through the portal of time. And he's prophesying the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus the Savior, Jesus our Lord, and Jesus our healer. Now he makes this, what I like to call, or what we call, a prophetic statement. Something that's going to come to pass. He said, but he, our Jesus, was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now notice that again. With his stripes, we're healed. I wonder if Isaiah wondered what he was talking about. He probably thought, what does that mean? I mean, I've given words before, prophetic words, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, where I thought, what did that mean? That thing didn't mean anything to him. What, what would, he didn't know that there would be a punishment some 1,200 years later in which the Roman government would, would literally deed out or mete out punishment of 40 stripes minus one, which is 39. One for mercy. Everybody say mercy. I think after 39, the 40th one probably wouldn't make any difference anyway, but that was, that was the way they did it. But back up into verse 4 now. Back up into verse 4. Surely, speaking of Jesus again, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. Now let me read this in the Amplified. Surely he has borne our griefs. Now listen how it defines griefs. Sicknesses, weaknesses, and distress. But if you'll go to a concordance and look up that word, it's literally the word pain. Everybody say pain. So he has borne our pain. Now the word born there is an interesting word in the Hebrew. The word born literally means to lift up off of and carry away. Oh, come on, church. To lift up off of and carry away. So surely in the Amplified, he hath borne our griefs, our sickness, our weakness, our distress, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we did ignorantly consider him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God, as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our guilt and iniquities, the chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him, and with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. 
Everybody say healed and made whole. Now remember this. Remember this, church. This morning in our teaching on faith, we were over in the book of 1 Timothy. And we saw that we, as the children of God, the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, should study. Everybody say study. To show ourselves approved of God, uh, rightly dividing. The last part of that scripture says, rightly dividing the word of truth of the word of God. Now notice this. This is one of the arguments against this scripture referring to healing. People say this is taught in theological seminaries. It's taught among the denominations. And they will say things like, listen, that scripture has nothing to do with physical healing. That scripture talks about sin and sin only. And how Jesus, through his redemptive work, has brought healing for our sins. Now, let me, let me, let me tell you that what's wrong with that. What's wrong with that is healing does not refer to sin in any way or any dimension. You do not need to be healed from sin. Your sins need to be remitted or removed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and your acceptance of Him according to what God has provided through Him which brings salvation to us. So it's actually two different subjects. Now notice what it says again. He was wounded for our transgressions. Everybody say transgressions. Transgressions are literally individual acts of sin. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not bear false witness. It is the breaking of the laws of God. Now, that's why the confession of sin does not bring salvation. You say, why? Some of us would still be at the altar. Amen. You say, what do you mean by, you can't even remember, remember every sin you've ever committed. Amen. No, we'd still be down there confessing one sin after the next, after the next. No, it's not the confession of sin that brings salvation. It's the confession of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that brings the, res the remittance of sin or the removal of sin from our lives. Every, just think about this. This is one of the great, great Great truths of the Word of God. Every sin ever committed by you, me, or anybody else, past, present, or future, has already been forgiven by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is not a license to go out and live like the devil. It is a reason to get as far away from sin as you possibly can because sin still carries a wage with it. You say, well, Pastor, I, I tell you, I want to help you build that church. So I'm going to start robbing banks. I'm going to go, I'm going to, go to Dallas. I'm going to go to Oklahoma City. I'm going to go up to Kansas City. And I guarantee when I get back, I'm going to have $5 million in cash. You know what's going to happen to you? You're going to get a paycheck for what you've been doing. The wages of sin is death. Don't be involved in sin. I said don't be involved in sin. But then notice what it says here. He was wounded for our transgression. A wound is what? On the outside. If you're stabbed or stuck or struck with something, it opens up a wound. It is outward, needs to be stitched up, needs to be taken care of. But inwardly, now notice this. He was wounded for our transgression, but bruised. What's bruised? That's inward. Bruised for our iniquities. What are iniquities? Iniquity is the inherent trait that entered into mankind through the fall. When Adam bowed his knee to the enemy of God, Satan himself, 
Something unique in Satan was transferred to humanity. You say, what is it that was unique in Satan? Iniquity, a motivation, a urge on the inside to break the laws of God. Every man and woman on this planet is born with that iniquitous nature and about six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I don't know, right in there somewhere, that sin nature wakes up. That's why every person must be born again. Now, what's unique about iniquity, it's controlled or regulated by the human will. I mean, there's just some things people don't do. They just, they're, they're either taught better or they just know they don't want to do it, so they don't yield to it. But the problem is there are those that yield totally to it. They break all the laws of God, and they end up breaking the laws of man. And our prisons are full of men and women who have yielded to the iniquitous nature and committed some type of transgression that broke civil law. They crossed a line, and we have to incarcerate them. That's where, that's where civil law comes from. This is amazing about me. I don't know how any lawyer could be an atheist. You say, why not? All law comes from the Bible. Man didn't come up with thou shalt not kill. Man didn't come up with thou shalt not steal. Man didn't come up with all of these laws of God. God came up with that, and man has incorporated them into society. Now, the sad thing is, this is why we're believing God, for a great move of God, a great move of a spirit in our nation, here on this island, here in this area, because in our nation, this nation is the most incarcerated nation on the earth. I would have thought it would have been China or North Korea or some, or some dictatorship, but it's not. It's the good old U.S. of A. You say, why? Because people have the liberty and the freedom to yield to iniquity. But thank God they can get born again, even in the penitentiary, even in the prison. God can bless them. God can fill them with the Holy Ghost. God can set them on fire right there in that prison and then get them out and they can be on fire right here among the rest of us. Now, notice, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our... Now, that takes care of the sin issue. When it comes to sin, it's only iniquity and transgression. It's taken care of. And then it says this. He says he was bruised for our... The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Peace is wholeness. That's the word shalom. The wholeness, the completeness, its true definition is this. The entire assembly apart of the being put back together, not the way it was before you had the problem, the way it was before mankind fell in the garden. God wants you to have peace. And he was chastised for it. Now you've got, notice, you've got spiritual taken care of. With what? With the wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. You've got the soul, the mind, and emotions, and will taken care of with what? Peace. Now we have, what do we have left? Physical bodies. Our earth suits. You know, there was a man years ago. He lived in Australia. He pastored a church in Sydney, Australia. His name was John Alexander Dowie. Have anybody ever heard of him? Now, he pastored a, uh, what's called a uh, congregational or a community church, which they, 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 they loved the Lord, believed in the new birth, but that's about as far as they were. And the, uh, uh, the bubonic, nubonic plague, how do you say it? Nubonic or bubonic? Whatever it was, hit, <laughs> hit Australia and hit Sydney, Australia. 
And it killed 40 of his members just like that. He buried 40 members in less than a month. That's a funeral a day. Now, just think if that was going on around here. He buried uh, literally a member, and, and then he had another 30 or 40 that were, that were uh, uh, sick and dying. And because this thing was so contagious, there wasn't much hope for his whole congregation. He was in his study, and he cried out to God, God, is, it, is there an answer for this? I mean, sincerely, is there an answer for what's going on? And God took him right here to Isaiah 53. And when he began to study Isaiah 53, he began to discover that within the redemptive package, God wants you spiritually whole, God wants you soulishly whole, and God wants you physically whole. Every disease, every sickness, every infirmity, and I like to say it like this, even injury, because we've seen people heal of horrific injuries. Jesus bore that upon the cross so you do not have to bear it. Now, real quick, go to Matthew. Let's just follow this scripture on through the Bible. Matthew chapter 8. Let's go to there, there to verse 14. Now, let me just say this. If, if, if Isaiah 53 only referred to sin and being healed from sin, poor old Jesus couldn't figure that out, could he? Amen. I mean, you know, Jesus just couldn't figure that out because the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Amen. Now notice here in verse 14, when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother, that's his mother-in-law, laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left. And she rose and ministered unto them. And when evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirit with his word and healed all that were sick. Amen. Now, first of all, the story begins with a reference to the healing of Peter's mother-in-law of a fever. How many agree with that? That wasn't a sin. Her fever wasn't a sin. Her fever was a sickness. Secondly, they brought demon-possessed and sick people, and the Bible said he healed them all. Everybody say, healed them all. So he's ministering under that anointing that he got at, at, the, at the Jordan River when he was baptized of John. Now, this is something you have to understand. Jesus did not heal the sick trying to prove his deity. Because a lot of people, if you, if you go to the, the different denominations, they will teach. They teach it in their, in their seminaries. They teach it in, in their Sunday schools that the only reason Jesus healed the sick was to give witness to his deity. Well, if that was true, he could have begun to heal the sick as soon as he was able to walk and lay his hands on somebody. But he didn't begin healing the sick till he was 30 years old. Till he was anointed by the Holy Ghost in or through John's baptism. And once he began to heal the sick, he did it because of the anointing that was upon him. Which is good news for us today. Because men and women can still carry that same healing anointing. I ought to get a better amen than that. It says in verse 17, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself, took our infirmities and bare, lifted up, and carry away 
our sicknesses. Amen? So literally, Matthew is the gospel written to the Jewish people. In a lot of Matthew, you will see scriptures like that that says, this was done that it might be fulfilled that which the prophet so-and-so said. You see that all through Matthew because Matthew was written to Jewish people. little side note. I knew two uh, uh, people. I met them at a full gospel businessman convention. We were both speaking in the convention. Manny and Sandra Boatman were their name. They were head of a large Messianic Jewish movement, and they had been uh, discipled by a rabbi who, who around 1950-51 had been given an assignment in Israel to study the Word of God to see when Messiah would come. So he studied all of the prophets. He studied Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, studied them all. And he just had this thought. He said, I think I'll just peek at Matthew. I think I'll just peek at it. Just look at it. Maybe it'll help me in my quest to find out who Messiah is. Now, in 1950-51, there were no Messianic congregations. There were no Messianic churches. None of that was going on. But this rabbi began to study the book of Matthew, and guess what happened? He got born again. He got saved. And when we were with Manny and Sandra years ago, this was back in the early 90s, at that time there were over 10,000 Messianic Jewish churches around the world. You say, why? Because this is exactly what was written in Isaiah. It was fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Now go, if you will, all the way into 1 Peter. We'll close with this. So ushers, get ready. In just a moment we'll receive communion. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. Now, you ought to meditate. All of these scriptures ought to be deep in your spirit. Chapter 2, verse 24. Now, notice what it says. Who his own self. Who's that speaking of? Speaking of Jesus. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Now, that's speaking of not just the, the individual acts of breaking the law of God, but also the sin nature. What did he do? He bore it and took it away. Now, remember this about Jesus. This will help you. He is, was, and forever will be our substitute. He never sinned. The sin nature was not in him, but he took our sin nature. He never transgressed and broke the laws of God, but he took our transgression. And he was never physically sick with any kind of disease or infirmity. He took our disease. He took our infirmity so we through him might be healed. Amen? Now notice what it says. Who, Jesus, his own self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree or the cross. That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. Now notice this. By whose stripes ye now notice that word. In Isaiah it says are. In 1 Peter it says past tense. Now let me close with this. This will help you. Just as it is the will of God. God is not willing that any should perish. But that it all should come to the knowledge of salvation. In the same way. The same God with the same compassion and the same mercy toward us, does not want any of his children sick. And salvation is not supplied for you 
when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, it was already supplied for you 2,000 years ago. It's the day you had faith come to you and you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. You appropriated something already provided. Now, the problem with Christians when it comes to healing, oh, please don't do this. They are trying to get God to do something he's already done. Now, let me say that again. They exhaust themselves running from meeting to meeting, running from preacher to preacher, from anointing to anointing, trying to get healed. Now, I've got good news for I don't care how sick you've been, how long you've been sick, how you've suffered with diabetes, arthritis, heart disease, skin ailments, no matter what. You say, Pastor, I've had it all my life. I don't care. It does not matter. God is not going to heal you. God has already healed you. You have already been healed. Let me say that again. You have already been healed. And just like the day you got saved, you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, there needs to come a day in your life when you make Jesus your healer. I heard of the story of an old man, 94 years old. And he was witnessing to a, to a minister that I knew. And he said to, he said he's a, a farmer that lived out in the, out in the uh, uh, East Texas that, that uh, uh, farmed row crop, did row crops like corn and maize and stuff like that. 94 years old. He said, the day I took Jesus as Lord and Savior, I took him as my healer. Now this minister testified, this guy was straight as a stick. He said his hair was jet black and none of it had fallen out. Amen. And he said he turned to this preacher and he said, I haven't suffered a day of sickness and disease. I hadn't suffered one day in my life. I have walked in divine health and I'm as much a man as I was when I was 21 years old. And elbowed his wife and said, right, honey? And she just blushed. <laughs> at 94. I said at 94. You say, Why? There was just something in that old fella that just as seriously as he took Jesus Christ as his Savior, he took Jesus Christ as his healer. And all of these scriptures that we're going to go through as we take communion in 2018, you ought to write them down, you ought to mark them, you ought to go start meditating on them, and you need to make a decision. Any sickness, any disease, anything like that that has found a place of habitation in my body, it better start packing its bags because 2018 is the last year it's going to find any existence in my body. It's going to go, it's got to go for healing is my in Jesus name hallelujah lift your hands and thank God for your healing oh we thank you heavenly father we thank you heavenly father we worship you Lord God come on gentlemen you can pass out the, 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 the communion implements now let's connect it to communion go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 let's connect it to communion hallelujah since this is communion night I can just sense faith rising in here for healing. Glory to God. There's no reason to be sick. That doesn't mean you can't be attacked. That doesn't mean symptoms won't try to come against you. 
But the good news is you've already got the victory. You don't have to get it. You've already got it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now let's read this for just a moment. The Apostle Paul, I've got one. The Apostle Paul speaking to us here. For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of the bread and drink of the cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man or a woman examine himself. We're so good at examining our neighbor. It doesn't work. Examine yourself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Now notice this. Not discerning the Lord's body. Now let me help you with that. That's why you, when you come to a communion service, should take an opportunity to make sure everything is right between you and God. Now everything can't be right between you and God if something's not right between you and one of your brothers or sisters in Christ. Amen. If you've got an offense towards somebody, if you're mad at somebody, you're upset with somebody, you got to get it right. You say, well, you don't know what they did. I don't care what they did. Well, you don't know how, did they, how they did. I don't care how they, you don't care, you don't know how long is it. Doesn't matter. Is it worth it to leave a door open for sickness and disease to get up on your body? Now notice, Paul's showing us a door, an enemy, an enemy's entrance. Not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, and I hate this word, because he's speaking to the church. For this cause, many, shouldn't be many, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep or die prematurely. Now, it's not because we get the, the, the little wafer and the cup in the wrong place. We don't do it, and that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about we must discern that we are a body. Just like a physical body, it is necessary that all of the parts of the physical body function correctly. That there's health in your head and your mind. Health in your sinuses and in your, in your ears and in your equilibrium, the area of your equilibrium where your, where your balance is. Health in your mouth. In your teeth and your gums. Health in your esophagus and, and your, your stomach and your digestive tract. Health in your cardiovascular system. Health in your nervous system. Health in your bones and your marrow and your muscle and your blood. Health, health, health. Well, the body of Christ is like that. And when we backbite or tell things or get critical or say things that we shouldn't say about brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, we're hurting ourselves. It's just like people that abuse themselves. I mean, we, we, may, we may think, well, it's just so insignificant. It doesn't amount to, but it does. 
And when any one person in the body of Christ hurts, we all hurt. And when any one person is blessed, we're all blessed. Because God sees the church as the body of Christ organically. The head is in heaven, the body's on earth. And God needs the body on the earth healthy. Healthy. Spiritually healthy. Physically healthy. Financially healthy. So the body of Christ can carry out the work of God in whatever region that God has placed His church in. That's why we're not critical of other churches. We don't get mad when somebody else has meetings or somebody does this or somebody... We, 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 we support it. We help it. We bless them. Amen? I heard of a church uh, here on the island. They bought the old, uh, over on 23rd Street, that old Buick dealership. It's a, it's a big block right there. I, I think they're a community church. They don't believe like we do. But we're going to give them a $10,000 check to help them build their building. You say, why? Because they're part of the... They love God. And all the light they have, they love God. They'd probably take this message that I preached tonight and say, oh, well, we don't believe it like that. We don't believe it. That's all right. We don't have to be disagreeable. We don't have to be mad or upset. You know, there was a little church right next door here where they built this uh, uh, Zion retreat center. There was a little Lutheran church over there. And one year in September of the year, thieves came and stole all of their uh, air conditioning equipment. Just ripped it off, you know, took and stole it. And so we were having fall harvest, just like two weeks later. And I was up speaking during a day meeting, and I'm telling you the compassion of God just came on me. And I said, we're going to receive an offering. There's probably 50 people there that morning. I said, we're going to receive an offering, and we're going to bless that little Lutheran church next door. You know, we had over $2,000 come in on that offering. And I remember on a Sunday morning, I had that check in an envelope, and I took it over there, and there was about 20 people that went to that church. And I went in, I said, may I speak with the pastor? And they said, well, it was a lady pastor. I said, she, uh, she's teaching a Sunday school class, but she'll be bit finished in just a moment. Would you like to sit in on it? I said, sure. So I went in, sat in. She was teaching a little scripture and talking to the people. And so when, when they finished, uh, uh, she got up and I walked over and said, I, I know you don't know me, but I pastor this church next door, Island Church. And we heard about what happened and how you lost your air conditioning. And we found out that literally for about $2,000, you can get it all replaced. So I brought you a check today. She just, big tears just begin to run down her face. And I handed it to her, and I said, bless you, sweetheart. I turned around and walked out. That was about 30 minutes before our service started. So my office used to be right here through this door. So right before our service started, there was a knock on the door. And it was that precious little Lutheran pastor. And she had come over with her two elders. And they came in, and they sat there. And they, they said, we cannot believe. We see this as a miracle. Well, to us, it was just a little offering. You know, we give her $2,000 around here like it's, you know. But to them, they had prayed. They had no way. They didn't have enough money to buy a fan, much less new air conditioning equipment. And they viewed that as a miracle from God. And they were so kind. And they said such kind words. And they said, and I know I'd heard some things that they'd said about our church. And I said, you know, we love you. And if there's anything else we can do for you, you know, and I just put my arm around her and hugged her and hugged her elders. And, she, and you'd have thought after all that, we were best friends. I hadn't seen them since then. I know the church closed down and they did something else over there. Amen. But listen, 
We have to learn to walk in love one toward another. It says, for this reason, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you. And many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with this world. So don't judge the person to the right of you, to the left of you. Don't judge the person that sits in front or back of you. Judge yourself. And I'm going to just give you one area. Because if you can judge yourself in this one area, you can be healed. And that's in your love walk. Because love, walking in love is an effort. you got to put effort into it. Walking in love is not something you do automatically. Love is the first fruit of the recreated human spirit that comes online in your life. And if you can learn to walk in love, faith works by love. You can appropriate healing for your body. Amen. Praise God. Let's take the bread today. Let's hold it up. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you took all the sickness and disease of humanity and you placed it upon your son, Jesus. Lord, you said that you were willing to do that and he was willing to allow it to be done. And by that, we can't fathom the depth of love involved in that act. But we can receive it through understanding and thank you that through the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ, healing and health belongs to us. So we thank you tonight, Heavenly Father, that his body was striped with that whip as that Roman lictor striped his back. Every stripe that was laid upon him represented different diseases and sicknesses and infirmities and maladies that would come upon humanity. But Jesus bore that upon the cross. Then he died and brought death into the situation so that humanity could be separated, not only from sin and sickness, but from disease and infirmity. Then he rose from the dead and imparted life and resurrection power so that the body of the believer might be healed, re-energized, and revigorated with the spirit that's on the inside by the power of the Holy Ghost and the ability of God. So in great respect and reverence, For the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ, we break of the bread and receive it in Jesus' name. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. How that when he was striped, as they whipped him, that blood began to flow. But not only was that blood offered, not only was that blood given seven different times. It was offered once in the Holy of Holies. And it was poured upon the mercy seat of God. And all through the Gospels, we see the leper. We see the blind. We see the infirmed cry out, Jesus, thou son of David. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And we see the mercy of God manifested through their healing. But we thank you that that blood is now in a different place. And Jesus, the healer in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is now the exalted Savior and healer of the body of Christ. And tonight, in great reverence and respect for the blood that was shed and the blood that was offered, we partake of the cup in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now I want you to lift your hands. I want everyone to say this. Heavenly Father, I believe, I receive from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet your healing virtue in my body by faith through confession 
I speak to any sickness, any pain, any discomfort, anything in my body that is not placed there by God. I say to you, by the power of the Word of God, I claim Isaiah 53, Matthew chapter 8, 1 Peter chapter 2, and I declare over my physical body that by His stripes I was healed. And if I was healed, I am healed. And as I have made Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior, I take Him as my healer this night in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now worship God and thank Him. Come on, worship God and thank Him. Thank Him that you're healed. Thank Him that you're healed. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Thank Him that you're healed. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409 770 9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.